Welcome in, everybody, to another week, another glorious, glorious edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardicelli, as always. Uh, Frank, yesterday, uh, actually got to cover some baseball. Baseball. Uh, how have you been, man? I'm good. How's this week treated you? This week's treated me pretty well. Yeah. I uh, went I, to a wedding. I, I did. Yeah. I went to a wedding. That was a great time. Shout out Derek. Yeah, uh, my, shout out Derek. My yeah. buddy DZ got married, him and Hannah, beautiful bride. Shout out. Uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. And, you know, but we'll get to the baseball in a second. How was my friend Chris went to Portland? <laughs> Rip, Rip, Rip City. City. Rip City. I uh, went to Portland and uh, you went to, to what, Nike Town? And- I did, yeah. I went to the Nike headquarters, you know, working on a little brand deal. Nothing, you know, nothing serious. Did you spend a whole paycheck? Yeah. Yeah, that place is dangerous. Uh, let me tell you, Oregon's got no sales tax either. They don't. It's a problem. They really not. No, they don't. You know, it's funny when we were in Portland for the Kings and the Blazers, and you know they're going to clinch and everything. I um, I didn't because I was with Dave and Jason and yeah. for expensing things. I was like, you know what, these guys can take. They everything. got it. Yeah. So I don't think wallet. I paid for one thing because like they just were expensive <laughs> for, for all of us. So I just thought I I don't think I had one receipt. Or yeah. I got to notice that I didn't. There wasn't a sales tax. So yeah, if it's I would have known that, it's pretty great. Maybe we could have organized a trip to Nike, or I think Adidas is there too. I'm not yes, really, Adidas is there. Also, I'm not really yeah. an Adidas guy. No. Also, why are they both in the same? Why, That's why? a great question. I don't know. Adidas is a German company, so it doesn't really make sense that they have headquarters up in Beaverton. But I learned a lot know, about yeah. that from um, what what movie? Uh, Air. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I still haven't seen it. Even no. seen that? I still haven't seen it's it. It's a no. good movie. I think you'll like it a lot. I think you'll like it. I probably won't see it. Why? I just don't it's see. It. I just Michael don't watch Jordan movies. Nike. I know it's got all the you, right you ingredients. Don't, don't like I just Affleck, like don't, uh, he's whatever. I don't love Ben Affleck. Yeah. I like Matt Damon. I, I think when Matt Damon gets to be too actiony, and Matt Damon. I'm not really a Jason Bourne guy. I don't know. Are you <laughs> never I, seen him? No, I'm not. I'm saying like, that's <laughs> I was like, like I've never seen. But people are like, oh, the Jason Bourne movies. It's like, hey, well, this is different. This is like good. So like, I don't know. You should. No, I've heard nothing but good things. I'd categorize it as like a dad movie. Okay. It's like a like a dad movie. Yeah. I get you. So, I like yeah, it's just very like a not surface level, but it's just kind of like a very like your dad would watch it and be like, that was a good that movie. That was a good quality movie. That yeah. was a great movie. Yeah. You see that movie with Affleck? So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh no, it it feels good though that we're we're back here again. I obviously yeah. with the draft coming up and everything, um I, and I'm not an NBA draft expert. The NBA draft it has never been my forte. Usually we, we, we de- defer to the draft experts like uh, Bobby Gerald has a lot of great content right now. Check out his work. Uh, Bryant West from the Kings Herald. He does a lot of good things with the draft. We've had him on before. Um, the man's busy. We didn't yeah. have a chance to ask him to come on with such short notice. But um, over the past week, week and a half, two weeks, I've been looking at some of these prospects and um, a couple names stick out to me. Yeah. A couple names stick out to me. And again, this is a little different than, than last year. Obviously last year, as soon as those ping pong balls fell the Kings' way and we found out the Kings are the fourth pick, it just, like, our world's turned upside down. Yeah. We went from saying, okay, they're going to have a seventh pick, they're going to have maybe a fringe. No. They got a guy who broke the, th- the rookie three-point record in three-point field goals. I don't know if we can expect an impact player like that at 24, but what are your kind of just – what's your temperature check right now about the 24th pick? Are you thinking mm-hmm. the Kings can find impact there? Are you kind of feeling like maybe yeah. there's nothing there? Because it's, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, really, totally. The, the drafts are crapshoot no matter what. But 24th pick just kind of makes it you feel a little more disheartened than usual. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because you can't – you have no idea who's going to be there. Like, it's not like even at 7 or at 10, you can have a rough idea of three or four guys who are going to be there. At 24, you have 
like not a single clue how the draft is going to is going to play out. You have to assume that's part of Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox's, you know, game plan right now is trying to get as a, as close to a, a real mock draft as you can get, but realistically, I mean, there's so many different things that can happen between 1 and 24 that can impact what you're going to do. I, I just don't think that there's any real way of of knowing exactly um, who's going to be there at that time. So it, it, in terms of what we do, it's a little tough because we kind of have to have a, a lot longer of a laundry list of guys that we need to look at because, you know, just because a guy is projected in a mock round, a mock draft to go in the first round doesn't necessarily mean he will. And same with the second round. Just because someone isn't mocked to go in the, the first round doesn't necessarily mean that they won't jump in there on draft day. So um, it's it's definitely been interesting. It's been a lot different of a process because, um, you know, we, we also, with the Kings, they kind of need really specific things. And so it's not even just a, a best player available kind of situation. It's also like who realistically fits the team. And like you said, has a real role on the team that could help them win. Like it, it's just a different kind of approach. But I think ideally at 24, you can still find somebody who's going to impact winning even in year one. You look at a guy like Christian Brown who just helped out the Denver Nuggets, even if it's just winning one game, um, the Kings can f- absolutely find somebody at 24 who can impact winning next season. Yeah, it, it's intriguing with how Monty McNair approaches the draft every year because right. I think mock drafts, to me personally, I throw them out the window. They don't matter. Yeah. Like, you can't predict what's going to happen the day of the draft. I don't think any mock drafts had Davion Mitchell going to the Kings <laughs> no. in, in 2021, uh, 2021. Yeah, 2021 yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone had Tyrese Halliburton going to the Kings at 12. Mm-hmm. I think that was that kind of happened the day of. So, And the thing about those that is so interesting to me is, and again, when you talked about best player available, I think BPA, mm-hmm. people talk about that with Monty a lot, and he has said that over and over. He will always draft the best, the, who he and his staff believe is the best Yeah, it's player. a little subjective. <laughs> sure, for sure. And what's interesting, though, is the Kings have drafted – positions that in two of these drafts that Monty's been a part of with Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell, he's drafted players that it's not really a position of need. Specifically yeah. with Davion, it was not a position of need right. at all. Yeah, uh, They had, I think, three point guards in the roster, and they had, I think, no forwards at that time outside yeah. of Harrison Barnes. So it it's intriguing to me to see how they're going to approach. And I'm asking you, do you think that after making the playoffs, after seeing the holes on this team, where they lie, Obviously, you can't really count on a rookie to come in and be a complete right. difference maker. But, like, you can't expect another Keegan Murray situation. It can happen, but you can't bank on it, expect it. Do you think that he should still, Monty McNair should follow that same kind of practice of best player available? Like, if there's a point guard on the board, or right now it's kind of shooting guard heavy right now. There's a lot yeah. of good shooting guards on the board. And the Kings, obviously, they have, they have Malik Monk. They have Kevin Herter. If there's, say, a Colby, Colby Jones on the board mm-hmm. from Xavier, should Monty McNair take him or, or, or Derek Whitehead from Duke, who I think yeah. a lot of people are talking about right now? Should right. he take that just player? Just had a foot surgery. He just had foot, foot surgery, so that's another thing you have to take into account. Yeah. But if you think that Monty McNair is going to go, okay, this guy's the best player available, but he's not a power forward, not a small forward or a center, yeah. which are positions the Kings need, do you trust him to pick someone that's a guard again? Sure. I mean, like, if someone's like like that is is has clear talent and is available, I'm not going to knock Monty for for doing it. But um, with the situation that the Kings are in now, with with being a playoff team and and frankly having Harrison Barnes's decision looming over them, I just think it would be really tough to sell me personally on anything that's not a forward. I just think it, it's the biggest position of need. It's also the biggest 
positional group that the Kings can upgrade in, in my opinion. And uh, I would just be really disappointed if uh, that 24th pick, if it is made, which we can talk about as well. Um, but if they do select a 24, I would be pretty disappointed if it's not a forward. Um, that makes sense. Obviously, you know, you don't want to dig too deep just because you want someone from that position. But um, I think if there's a forward available and they're trying to decide between a forward or, or maybe a little bit more of an upside guard, I'd prefer forward. But, you know, also the names that I'm looking at are mm-hmm. are a lot more of the veteran kind of names, you know, the – the, the Chris Murray's of the world, if yeah. you will, the the Hame Hawkes is, is kind of a guy that I keep having circled. Um, it's it's a lot more of the veteran guys that I think would would really help this team immediately. Oh, for sure. And and the Kings right now, and again, you say forwards, and I'm also in the camp of I like the Kings to bring a forward, and specifically a, a forward that has, has length and defensive upside. Well, the Kings have brought in right now. I think I'm gonna name off three players that here are are in the. They're in the range that the Kings could either go 38th pick, they have 38th pick, or they can go 24th. These are guys that could fall, they could rise. But one player that's kind of getting a lot of buzz in the last couple of days, and the Kings are going to bring him in either this week or they already have, is Pepperdine's Maxwell Lewis. Right, another Pepperdine guy. Is a guy, in, you're gonna, <laughs> another Pepperdine guy. Shout out Doug Christie. Shout out Doug, shout out Kessler. You're going to send something out, out of these three players, though, and you know we don't have to spend too much time on every single player here, mm-hmm. but... The thing about the players I'm going to name is they have something in common. That's that they're all going to be 21 or older on opening night. Mm. And that's something I think the Kings, I would keep an eye on. I think Monty McNair has shown he, I mean, so far, hasn't wanted to draft an 18, 19-year-old. And there are some 18, 19-year-olds here yeah. that have a lot of potential. But the Kings have a core right now. They have yep. a core with, it's about 23 to 27 is their core right now. With Fox, Sabonis, Herder, Mitchell, Murray. They have a core and they have a... a a kind of a team that they want to base around those guys. Yep. Maxwell Lewis, somebody six foot seven, six eleven wingspan, mm. uh, seventeen points, five rebounds per game. Granted, for a Pepperdine team that that struggled, you know, really, really struggled. Yeah, but, uh, he was all WCC this year. Um, his pro comp I've been seeing out there a shorter Trey Murphy the third, which oh interesting. I like that. I think yeah. Trey Murphy the third would be a nice fit on this Kings team. Obviously, though. Um, Rookies are, you never know. But I think if they were to draft Maxwell Lewis, I like that alone. The fact that mm-hmm. he's 6'7", he has a long wingspan, he has defensive upside again. Um, you have to take up the grain of salt. Right. But uh, I do like that a lot. Do you have any thoughts on, on Maxwell Lewis? or I don't have a... A lot of thoughts on Maxwell Lewis. I like him uh, as a prospect. Um, you know, obviously, you watch his film, and he, he's got a lot that jumps off the page. But um, there is the legit question of he he played at Pepperdine, and you know, Pepperdine, as they're you like mentioned, they're like nine and twenty five. I think. Yeah, they were really that was really uh, bad. Fultz too. Fultz, Markel Fultz, I think, was, was on UW. Yeah. A lot of people didn't. I don't want to say believed in him, but right. I think some of his early career struggles, and of course, the injuries that happened too, were their own thing, but were attributed to the fact that out of all the players in that class or the guys that came out like yeah. Fox, Tatum, and, and so whatever, so whatever on the list, he played for a, a Washington team that won like nine games and lost like 27. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's going to be concerning. Like if you're – if it's a, it doesn't take a, a draft expert or any basketball expert to ask the question – well, if you're so good, why why was your team so bad against not 
good comp, not elite competition. Um, and that's that's the question that that I think is, is going to be the reason why Maxwell Lewis drops. I think he's he's a really good talent, but you know, there's just a lot of questions um, in terms of you know, does he does he make his teammates better? And I don't necessarily know if the Kings need to worry about something like that um, where they're t- where they're picking, but uh, it, it's definitely something that you know you, you need to factor in and. and ask is that the the exact kind of player model that we need but um i like him as a prospect and that's somebody who i would not be upset if if the kings go with him uh at 24 on draft night currently 28th Uh, he's 28th on the espn really okay so so he he, in theory should should be around for sure not for sure but in theory should be available but he's worked out like for a lot a lot of guys he's been pretty busy Pretty yeah. busy. Yeah. And, and you know, also being from a small school, it's it's a good chance that he rises. You know, yeah. maybe once people get their eyes on him, the actual player, and he's a little bit more removed from that team setting, maybe in workouts people convince themselves otherwise. I think uh, what's, yeah. What's interesting about this, too, like these guys, and I'm there's two more names on here. And then yeah, well, for obviously sure. Obviously, I think there's one name that has not worked out for the Kings, and we'll get to him in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But um, these other players I'm going to name, they all kind of have something in common. They're all small forwards, and mm-hmm. the fact the Kings have brought them in, I think, speaks volumes to the fact that maybe there's a possibility that they're preparing for yeah. life without Harrison Barnes, and there's a possibility that Keegan Murray becomes the starting small forward, and you're kind of looking to fill that backup role. Yeah, I think any of these guys could be, again, at the age you're coming in, you have to hope that they're more NBA-ready and you know they're more developed as human beings. Um, but like we said, Maxwell Lewis, 6'7", 6'11", wingspan, 21 opening night. Another guy the Kings have brought in, whom I think most mock drafts have him in near the 38th. He is 38th in the ESPN mock draft to Sacramento. Was in for a workout a week or two ago. Kansas's Jalen Wilson, mm. who is an NCAA champion. Yeah, He was a, an All-American. He was a 20-point-per-game scorer last year, eight rebounds per game. He's a go-to guy for, for a great program with, mm. the, with the Jayhawks. Um I'm very intrigued about him. I'm very intrigued yeah. about him. I'm, I kind of am hoping more that he's there at 38, but yeah. now the more time that goes by, I think he won't be. But a um, little thing about Jalen Wilson, he's six foot eight, six nine wingspan, 22 years old opening yeah, night. a little bit older, yeah. Fits that mold. Yep. Pro comps, I've been seeing. Keldon Johnson. Interesting. Very interesting. Do you have any uh, thoughts on bringing in a guy like that about – I guess with the the main question, I guess because you know we don't know. I know we both don't know a lot about right. some of these guys, but I guess we can go off of play style. Do you think the Kings need more of a defensive minded, defense first stopper in this position, or do you like the fact that some of these guys are just bucket getters? Because Jalen Wilson yeah. is a bucket getter. Yeah, I, I think the King, the thing that the Kings need to look for. I don't think they really need scoring. I, I think anybody, anybody, point blank, period, doesn't matter, free agency, draft trade whoever the kings need bring in has to have some sort of defensive identity or at least have defense as part of their game because you know they're on the offensive end they're set you know we we saw last year with the efficiency that they played with they're, they're more than capable of keeping up with teams offensively um, defensively is going to be the place where they have the most room to grow and so to me any prospect um that's that's especially taken at at these first two picks of of twenty four and thirty eight. I think you have to. You're going to try and everybody's looking for a guy who's three and D. But to me, th- those are the kind of swings that you should be taking as a three and D guy, or you know potentially. 
I wouldn't be upset at if they look at, at somebody who can maybe play backup center. You know, if you're if you're drafting somebody not necessarily um, to come in and start, uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to if you if you have confidence in somebody um, like I, I think you have written down here, Trace Jackson Davis, mm-hmm. um, someone who who can you know who's shown ability to do a little bit of everything he, he's a he's a good weak side defender um he he can put up points he can put up rebounds is uh, a really really interesting playmaker i think he averaged four assists a yeah. game last year at indiana so someone like that is maybe where i would look but again you know beggars really can't be choosers and I think if if the Kings have any prospect that they feel positively about defensively and and potentially giving them a, a three and D look, I think that's kind of where they have to go. Where do you feel? Well, you mentioned defense, and again, that you, you pointed him out. He's the next player on our list. Trace Jackson Davis, somebody the Kings have had in for a workout uh, right now. Yeah. He is thirty fourth on ESPN's big. Interesting. Board. So someone that kind of is right in the middle there of of the Kings' first and second round pick, but he's an, again. An older player. He'll yeah. be 23 years old on opening night. Yep. He was a four-year player uh, with the Indiana, Indiana Hoosiers. Four-time All-Big Ten. He's a consensus, consensus All-American. Two-time Big Ten All-Defensive team. Interesting. 2.7 like blocks per game. Wow. That that's the, great. That oh led the Big gosh. Ten. The Big Ten's a, that's a, a good conference. A good good conference. basketball conference, for sure. He's a 2010 guy, like you mentioned, four assists per game. Kind of like Sabonis-esque there. Um, yeah. A guy that can really find teammates and, and find the open man. Right. You know, can he keep integrated into an offense that could be dribble handoff? You know, can he be right. can he fit that mold? Maybe. He is not a shooter. He took he took nine threes in college. Uh, didn't make one. So, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, took three threes in college. And they all came in his junior year. Wow. But... And if I'm not mistaken, I think I've heard that people have seen him taking a lot of threes in, uh, in, in these pre-draft workouts just to kind of show um, that he has the ability to do it. I will never, ever, ever believe any of the, not, not, I don't believe he's making shots. I just don't believe that, that you're going to add that to your game going into the NBA. I saw way too many Willie Cauley Stein highlights of him shooting uh, in the off season. How many times have we sat there? Of course I didn't watch all these guys, you know, Rashawn Holmes does it now. And Drummond. I remember Andre Drummond was shooting step backs in the corner. I'm like, what in the hell is he practicing this for? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not buying it. Is is he gonna? Oh, drumming in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, yeah. I don't think we need to have if if Trace Jackson Davis comes in and again the Kings have lots of shooting. They have plenty mm-hmm. of, of offense. Could always use more. Yeah. Could always use more for sure. But I think when you look at what he could bring to the table, the defensive impact outweighs. Yeah. That. And if you want someone mm-hmm. who could really come in and be a defensive prospect, he's one of the better ones on the board. Yeah. And if, if he uh, aligns with the the um, timeline with. Um, obviously with Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell, and uh, down the board. But um, I think some teams might look at that, the age impact of all these guys, and say that it's a negative. Yeah. I think the Kings say that's a positive. And with Keegan Murray, who entered the league at 22, you, you see how much that can benefit you if you, if right. you press the right buttons. Yeah, you, you need some ready-now guys. And again, the Kings are in a position where, I mean, you could argue that they are in a position where now is actually the perfect time to take a younger guy. Because yeah. you're you're in a more solidified spot, and it's not the weight of the world is on their shoulders to to be a star, and you can actually truly take some time to to develop somebody in your system and, and make them mold them into a player that you like. There is that argument, but um, I think that that's maybe a, a move for next year when the Kings are a little bit more established and have built upon uh, the successes that they've had. I, I think that this year should still be about trying to build a, a ready now team. 
team, like a team that's ready Agreed. to compete next season. Agreed. And again, the guys we just mentioned who will all be over 21, you have uh, Maxwell yeah. Lewis, Jalen Wilson, Trace Jackson Davis. One last thing about Trace Jackson Davis, mm-hmm. who has a seven-foot wingspan. Grand Love that. By the way. Uh, could be better, but that's fine. Could be better. He's 6'9", 245. He's a yeah. big guy. Yeah. Uh, second in scoring and rebounds mm. in the Big Ten, only behind Zach Edney, who I believe was player of the year at Purdue. Yeah, I mean, Zach Edney's freaking massive. He's also like 7'5". He's going back, he's going back to school, yeah. Um, Would have been an interesting second-round pick. Trace Jackson Davis, the Carl Malone Award winner, do you know who won the award last year? I don't want it. I don't even want to say the name. <laughs> I don't want the award, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> award Carl Malone is being recognized for, I don't want it's it. It's funny because the guy who won it last year is Keegan Murray, oh. who probably would be like, I don't want it. I'm good off that. I don't uh, want the award. What is that for, the best forward? Best, and- best power forward in college basketball. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. But that's last year's winner. So you see Keegan Murray on there. Yeah. And, and yeah, so it could be maybe. Could be back-to-back. Back-to-back Kings, yeah. but um, – yeah, you mentioned young guys. There are young guys out there again. Sure. You, you have Drake Whitehead, who's a, a guard. Uh, Bryce Sensabaugh from Ohio State is a guy I wrote about. And yeah, people on. really like him. He's he's really good. Yeah, he's really good. But again, he'd be a, a young guy, and you have mm-hmm. to bring him, integrate him into a team that's not very young anymore. I mean, yeah. you know, I think who's the youngest player on the Kings right now? Keon Ellis. Probably. Uh, I mean, yeah, Keon. Um, besides 21? that, I think it's probably Kessler Edwards. If I had to guess, I think he's twenty-two. So like. If you can, if you can check that. Yeah, I got you right here. Do they have birthdays? Uh, they don't have birthdays, but uh, oh, they do have birthdays. They have birthdays, okay. Uh, the youngest player on the Kings is Keegan Murray. By ten days, beats out Kessler Edwards, and they're both going to be twenty three going into next year. They will both be twenty three going into next year. Yep. Before we move on, I mean, before we, you know, we don't have Keegan's all. birthday is coming up August Ke- August nineteenth. You know, Keegan's birthday is Chris's birthday, and right now <laughs> that is how that works. On that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, you know, I do know. Uh, I grew up with oh, a I family yeah. who had twins. They're fraternal, but they're twin. You know, twins. Obviously, they're in the womb at the same time. Right. You know, my grandpa was an OBGYN. I get. I'm basically a doctor. You know, uh, but they one came out. I think eight days or seven days before oh. the other one. Okay, then you're not a twin. In my book, it, you're not both, a twin. But weren't they point. both like there at the same time? I'm gonna call my grandpa. I don't know. <laughs> I'll see him on Sunday. That's controversial. I don't know. I don't know. If you're born eight days apart, that kind of defeats well, you have different birthdays. Yeah, like you're just siblings at that point. What if you're born? <laughs> someone's gotta be like out there that was like they're twins, and one was born like five minutes after, but that five minutes took you over midnight. Yes, that's what I was, that's what I thought you were going to say. I thought no. you were going to say, like, one was 11.37, and then one was 12.08 or Whole something. Whole week. And I, I was so Yeah, that feel, I feel kid. like that shouldn't count. That That's definitely, like, that's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, no, that's my that's my sibling. Yeah. And that's one, not a twin. And one had, like, and one had red hair, and one had blonde hair. With, it's just, it was a whole thing. Oh. I was very confused as a kid. Mm. I was like, how are you, how are you twins? Mm. I didn't, Check the pool boy. My brain couldn't. Uh, but speaking of birthdays and twins, another player who will be 23 years old on opening night next year, who, and I don't, I think I talked about you before, I kind of look at it, I don't want to say it's lazy from people to just throw him on the mock at 24 in every mock I'm looking at, but the two biggest ones out there, which is ESPN and The Ringer, mm-hmm. both just updated their mock drafts, both at 24. Sacramento's first-round pick is Chris Murray. I'm wondering, again, also interesting, as, long, as far as we know, Chris Murray who has not worked out for the Sacramento Kings. Not, yeah. Uh, you would have to imagine that the Kings have pretty good intel on him, though. Oh, for sure. And he's worked out for Miami. I think Miami is a team that really does like him yeah. at uh, at 18. So that means he could be playing in the California Classic in a week and a half or two weeks. I'm going to make a bold prediction. He's yes. going to be playing in the California Classic. 
I like that. So, so my don't know who it's I, because it's that seventeen, eighteen, nineteen is the reason why I don't twenty four. Yeah, it, they're not going to make it to twenty four. He's no. not going to make it to twenty four because seventeen is L A. The Lakers. I could see the Lakers taking him. He, Can he's, you imagine? he's a player that fits there. And if he was impactful, a Murray Murray Lakers King. No, I mean, probably. yeah. Keegan, shout out, uh, shout out our guy Tom at NBC Sports. Yeah. Um, had, had an interview with uh, Chris the other day. Yep. And uh, Chris talked about it. He talked about, like, I think it'd be pretty cool to be rivals with uh, with Keegan. Said he wants to dunk on Keegan. Said that would be the uh, the goal. So uh, I'd be I'd be all welcome for it. I, I think as teammates, obviously it would be fun. You'd get tons of stories out of them. But um, you know, I think both of those two would probably say that they wouldn't mind being separated just just so you can blaze your own trail. You Do know, the Kings want to pick Chris Murray. Yeah, I think that, they want to. I think I, I think they'll I'm take him if he's there, but. Um, I just think it's too weird of a situation if you don't like if you pass if if he's available at twenty four, and he's sliding. I mean, at that point he's sliding, and you don't if you, and you don't take him. It's kind of a weird conversation. I mean, and you know whatever business is business, I understand that, but like that's you know that's just it's not it's just not a great look. Well, you, you know have, the family's probably going to feel a type of no, way. All the, you have all the goodwill right now. You have yeah. the, the interview with with uh, uh, Key uh, not Keegan with Chris. And their dad on the NBC set before the playoff game, and Chris is wearing Kings gear. A lot of goodwill, and I think if the Kings were to pass him up, yeah, it would be, be like you're an enemy now. Like, um, yeah. like Aaron Rodgers to the this is very different. But Aaron Rodgers right. to the Niners, how he's like, oh, I grew up loving yeah. you guys. Now you're my enemy. It's yeah. like there's stuff like that. With it would create, I think, and who knows what Keegan enemy. would feel about that too? You know, like Keegan might be like, well, like. Okay. You know, I didn't want to play with my brother necessarily, but like now you just kind of messed up. I don't know, because people will have questions. People will be like, if the Kings just passed on him and they have his brother and it makes all the sense in the world, and like I said, they probably have the best intel on him if they are passing on him. You know, it would be interesting. If the Kings pass on him, the two teams after them are Memphis and Indiana. What if Indiana were to pick up Chris 26? Then you have a true rivalry. No. You have the Tyrese Gosh. Sabonis storyline, then you have the Murray Murray storyline. Yeah. With Buddy Hill sprinkled in. Yeah, sprinkled in. I would need more matchups. So we're only going to get two of those Murray matchups, and I would need, if, need if they're on the Lakers or Warriors, we get four of those things a year, and it's a real rivalry. That's what I'm, I'm rooting for. I'm, I don't want Chris to go to the Lakers or the Golden State Warriors, but juicy. if he's going to go anywhere, that would be my pick. It's juicy. I would like him on the Kings, though. No, I, in a perfect world, honestly, I think he's a more than capable draft pick and uh, somebody who, like I said earlier, like I think he would be a good contributor to, uh, to the team this season. Yeah, he's not Keegan. They're he's not. No, there's a reason why he's at 24 and Keegan was four. They are different players. Um, obviously, he's more of a guy that can operate in and around the paint. He shot 58%. Uh, from the two-point field goal range, 33% from three. Again, not a spot-up three-point shooter like Keegan. He can knock down the shot. He's a lefty as well, yeah. a little different. Yep. Um, good rebounder, solid defender. He's much like Keegan. I mean, similar body types. Yep. He can play defense. I mean, you have to hope maybe he's more impactful as a defender at the NBA level, but 1.2 blocks per game, one steal per game. Um, yeah, I think if the Kings were to pick him, I definitely would be on board with it. I just wonder if... People throwing him automatically in a mock draft. Like, if Keegan Murray played for the Atlanta Hawks, I don't know if people will be throwing Chris Murray at 24 for the Kings. I think it's just right. been really – the narrative has been there. And I think some of the other guys around the team, like the guys we just named, like Jackson Davis and Lewis. And granted, Wilson and Jackson Davis could be available at 38, right. not 24. Right. But I think if Monty McNair believes the best player available, it's one of those guys, he'll take him. But um, Chris Murray – I also just we'll think, see. like, yeah, I think – 
when you make a mock draft, like it's a lot more likely to assume that a team would take a risk on like a guy like uh, Maxwell and not Maxwell Lewis, but you know, a younger, higher upside kind of guy um, over the, the grizzled veteran four year player or three year player in Chris's stance. But um, I just think it's, that's also a bit of the mock drafting thing is just like, it's a lot easier to say, yeah, the warriors might take a big swing here. And then, you know, instead of projecting them to go with the frankly boring route of taking a junior, like you kind of know what he is at that point. We're, uh, we're coming down in the end here, but before we wind down, I do have a list of some players that have been drafted in like the 24th, 28th range mm. uh, since t- the year 2000. Um, would you like to hear some? Let things? it fire. Yeah, please. First off, Samuel Dallenbear, King's legend, Ooh boy. was 26th pick. Gerald Wallace, another King's legend, 25th. Tony Parker, 28th. Tony Parker. Tony Parker. Uh, Tayshawn Prince. Are you a Tayshawn Prince guy? Big Tayshawn guy. I like. The, yeah. the Kings can use a Tayshawn Prince. Absolutely. That's like exactly what That's they need. That's the exact type of player yeah. we need. Yeah. Uh, 23rd. Tony Allen. Another guy the Kings another guy could, could use. Could yeah. maybe use, yeah. yeah. Maybe not for uh, the, the fraudulent things First off the floor. First team all D. First team all fraud. <laughs> Glenn Davis. Yeah, and, they did do that. I uh, forgot about that. Sebastian yeah. Telfair. Kevin nice. Martin. 26th. Hey, how about that? Kyle Lowry. Pretty decent. Hey. 24th. Let me read the 24th picks first. I can go back. Sergi Baca, 24th. Reggie Jackson. That's a good one. Anthony Simons. Hey, how about that? That must have been like two years ago or something like yeah, that, Yeah, right? two, two, three years ago. It was recently. And now that. Portland's like going to dangle him in trade talks. Yeah. Um, real, do you, I don't want to get off topic, but real quick, do you, Portland's got to trade Dame, right? Um. Yeah, I mean, what that's... What can you get for Anthony Simons in the third pick? Probably someone decent, but... Not Bradley Beal, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Brad Beal. And I, I could see, like, you know, maybe maybe they try and make a move for for uh, Paul George or something. Maybe, maybe Jalen Brown. You know, Jalen Brown's been talked about to be open. I, I could see that being the move. But um, at this point, I mean, we're a week away from, from the draft happening. I would assume that if they were going to move that number three pick, we'd probably be hearing like more significant whispers but by now bites at least yeah exactly we haven't Maybe heard there are but i think all we've seen is that the pelicans have interest in moving up yeah and it would be for brandon ingram which Maybe. i like for 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 the blazers but i i don't love the fit does of he Damon move the needle and, like does he move that needle he makes them better for sure i mean they're they're not a playoff team if you add brandon ingram i would say you're probably a playoff team but you're not a title contender which would be the point like if if you're gonna if you're gonna ship off a number three pick to to try and maximize dames the rest of dames career should probably be hunting titles and not just playoff appearances yeah i just wonder because i think that is going to be a big storyline of the draft i mean yeah absolutely i think that's one thing to watch for sure i mean i think the number two pick has been getting a lot of run too about scoot versus brandon miller um it seems like brandon miller is getting more run i would go scoot i don't get that is it I mean, I fit? understand the logic, but yeah. Because of fit or talent? For me? Yeah. Talent. To I'm always take the, I mean, like, we we saw the Marvin Bagley Luka example. Like, yeah. don't don't draft for fit. We that, almost made it through a draft. I'm just saying, like, don't, don't, if you're thinking about positions at that point, like, that's, what if they don't pan out? Exactly. Like, Marvin Bagley, like, they, they just because you're a top pick doesn't necessarily mean it's a guarantee you're going to work out. 
To me, you go with the best player available. Warriors, same thing, took James Wiseman over LaMelo Ball because they were concerned about fit. If the guy doesn't work out, none of that matters. Take the guy who's going to have the most value, gain the asset, maximize the asset. That's and, always what I'm a proponent of. And Scoot and LaMelo, that's a pretty good... A it's pretty fine, good. yeah, and I know they're concerned that, that Scoot will take the ball out of LaMelo's hands, but... Doesn't LaMelo Ball have to eventually learn how to play off ball? Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I just think, again, like, I would much rather have two massive superstars instead of one superstar and one Mikhail Bridges-level role player, which is, like, the max that I think Brandon Miller could be, which is really good, but not not the potential of, of Scoot Henderson, who could be, like, a John Moran, a Dwayne Wade kind of kind of player. Yeah, forwards are tough. I mean, if you're looking for, like, a star, like superstar potential, I feel like finding a real dynamic forward, I think, is harder than, I mean, just, oh, I think yeah. historically than finding a, a guy like Scoot Henderson, a versatile guard who can, can score the ball. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you add that in any team, they're going to make the team better. Yeah. But Brandon Miller, I think he has some good, good <laughs> skill sets. But, yeah, does he fit? I don't know. Yeah. Um, just to finish this off, uh, George Hill, 26. Hey. Tosh Gibson, star. Man. 26. Uh, Jordan Poole, Ooh. 28th. Interesting. Bones Highland, 26th. And then you have Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes were both 25th. Bonus, Pascal Siakam was 27th. Mm. So you, you can find in Absolutely, player. yeah. In this obviously is a pretty long list. This goes 21 years. Obviously, this isn't all the guys that there are some missing. I'm sure that someone's yes. screaming, you're forgetting about this guy. I know, but I'm looking in the 23 to 28 range, and you know I'm hopeful the Kings can find an impact guy. And obviously, if they draft any of these guys that we just named, I think that we can expect them to have a good showing in summer league. If they're yeah. guys that were high-scoring players and impact players at the college level, I'm going to expect to see, you know, and you can't take too much out of summer league, but... You want to have a good sign. We we were spoiled last yeah. year. Keegan Murray was incredible, and I know we'll talk more about summer league in a week when we know who the draft pick <laughs> is. But yeah, can't um, wait. I guess this is the last time we're going to talk to the draft. So do you yeah. have any do you have any predictions? I want to talk about two things before yes. we get out of here. One thoughts on Imani Bates at thirty eight. At 38 or, or at fifty four. I think it, either one fifty four. They're all second round I, picks. I think I it's possible. Yeah. He was such a such a hyped prospect, yeah. And I think that first year in college, where where he went to Memphis, yeah, he went it, to Memphis. It really just completely nosedived his value. I think the tools are there. Um, he's like a shot maker. Like he makes difficult. Like you know, I think yes. we talked about before how the Kings need a guy, yes. like a Devin Booker yes. or like a Chris Middleton. How people make shots? Like how the hell are they making a, a step back off one foot? How are they making that? He's one of those guys where he makes shots. You're like, how the hell did that go in? But it doesn't look like he's you know throwing up a prayer. Like he is a good shot maker. Mm-hmm. His field goal percentages like were forty and thirty two, but he was taking a I lot. I think it's of worse shots. than that. Even he was taking a lot of shots yeah. for a for a bad college team. Yeah. So I'm I'm on board. I think that's like a that's a um high risk or yeah high reward. Low, how's it? Yeah, it low risk high reward. Yeah, yeah I'm an idiot, but no, low risk I'm high reward. Are you a fan? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm not going to go to the malpractice route, but it I cannot logically wrap my brain around if the Kings pass him three times. I do not do not take Imani Bates with the 24th. They, oh, pick. the Kings also brought him in, by the they way. They did, yes. This is not just random fodder. Um, don't take him in the first round. Do not take him in the first round. If somebody upset. else, Yeah, if someone else is willing to take that risk in the first round, more power to you. Good on you. You might have gotten a guy. Um Second round, even if at thirty eight, I 
don't see what what's what's why why that would be a bad move. I, I just think at the second round you should be taking flyers on guys. And if you feel like if you feel very comfortable and confident that he'll be there at fifty four, I have no problem with with them passing on him. But um, if you're hearing that he could be a mid second round guy. I, I would just personally want to be the team that makes that bet. And I don't think the Kings have made a lot of those bets in their history. I mean, Harry Giles is really the only player I can think of that really had that kind of that upside. Was 20. That was higher than the pick we have exactly. right now, which I think is kind of crazy. It's nuts. Back at it. I mean, yeah. Who was picked like around this. him? Harry it, Giles. Did, we, did the Kings pass anybody where it was like, wow, they really picked Giles over him? Let me look real I don't quick. think so. Um, but I'm willing to take the risk because exactly like you said, like the dude is is an absolute bucket. Um, you look at his high school film. He won Gatorade uh, National Prep Player of the Year um, as a sophomore. Um, so this is that's the kind of prospect that he was coming out of high school. Um, things didn't work out for him to co- in college, but you see a team like Golden State last year took Patrick Baldwin with the number thirty pick. That's a really risky move. It's not even really risky because it's number thirty, but it's just a move that if it works out and it goes well. It could, it could, you could see benefits from that for the next ten years. I agree. I, I, I mean, the Kings have been very safe with their draft. I mean, obviously yeah. they made a great pick with Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. He's an All Star, net of the Kings, an All NBA center. Uh, obviously, Davion Mitchell is an impact defender. How much more will he develop? We're going to find out this year, uh, in the next couple of years. Um, I have to say, I didn't think it'd be this bad. And again, it's a draft. You just don't know, but the Kings at some point are going to strike gold like some of these teams did. Uh, they picked Harry Giles 20th in 2017. Some players that were picked after him, you might be upset. Uh, 22nd, just two picks later, Jared Allen, who plays a similar role in a similar position, all-star. Yep. OG Ananobi, who Not has been great. the darling of King yeah. social media. Yeah, He was also rumored to be, a, uh, the Kings were rumored to have interest in him in that draft. He went 23rd. Uh, you have Kyle Kuzma, 27th, who's like, sure. Win some and lose some. Derek White, 29. And then you have sure. Josh Hart at 30, which Ooh, I'm a big that's a Josh Hart fan. Yeah. He's going to go back to the Knicks. I think I put a tweet out last week saying it's that happening. he's going to go back to the Knicks. He is a Nick. There's no way Tom Thibodeau lets that guy and, go. Uh, Brunson, it's his college teammate from Villanova. Yeah, they're, good they're, point. They're like best friends. Yeah. So it, I kind of got my hopes up for a minute there. But um, did you have another question? You said you had two things. Yes. Uh, secondly was... Um, I can't remember what the second one was. Was it draft-related? Uh, it was draft-adjacent, but you know, I can't remember what it was. How about a Sasha update before we go? Is he still playing? Sure. Is he still playing? In no, the, uh, I think he's done. I they win? Done uh, I think so. I could I could be wrong on that, but uh, last I saw, they were in the finals, and that was last week. They were in Game 3. Uh, I know that he played in Game 4 as well. Tomorrow's it. Oh, okay. They play tomorrow at 11 a.m. So now I know That'll what I'll be, be doing interesting. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, what we'll be doing tomorrow. About that is the Kings officially can start talking to Sasha the day of the draft. Really? So when the draft, as soon as it's over, yeah. they could even sign him to a deal. So that's something to keep an eye on. Everybody. Interesting. On June 22nd, the Very Sasha saga will be coming to an end, or maybe we'll get reports that he is staying uh, in Greece. Um, I guess I remember what the yes. second question was. Yes. Um, if the Kings don't make the uh, pick at twenty four and they do ship it off, what do you think that would look like? Like what? Do you, what? What would you think would be the return for that? Because I do think that that's a very real possibility. Uh, Jake Fisher of Yahoo uh, wrote immediately after the lottery uh, that the Kings were a team that was looking to move their pick, or you know, was taking calls on moving the pick. Yeah. Um, you can. 
potentially attach a Rashawn Holmes contract to that first round pick to make it a little more digestible um, in terms of taking on Rashawn's contract, making that a little more digestible. Um, wh- yeah. What, what would you hope to see if the Kings were to let's just, let's just throw that out there. Yeah. A first round pick and Rashawn Holmes. What would you hope the Kings get back or what caliber, you know, are you, are you at that point? Maybe that's how they get their starting small forward or, you know, that kind I, of thought process. I think you can get like either a, a stopgap power forward mm-hmm. or like a bench wing uh-huh. or a bench big. Yeah. I don't know how much you can get from a Rashawn Holmes in 24th pick. I mean, I think someone out there had a had a, a trade cooked up for um, John Collins. Again, the John Collins thing's still going Everlasting. on. Everlasting. This is going to be – he will end up a king when he's like 33 and on his way out of the league. Like, finally, yeah. the prophecy's been fulfilled. I wonder if that – yeah, what do you think – do you think that's enough? I mean, Atlanta's been – just begging to ship him off. It seems like that Quinn Snyder just doesn't like, is not a big call. For a while, he was like yeah. playing 11 minutes per game. Like uh-huh. Quinn Snyder was just kind of like, eh, we got, we have enough going on here. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, depends on how much Atlanta's trying to get him off the books and, and how much they want to get rid of him and open up, you know, maybe they free up some money that way. Right. Um, I don't know how much money they would save. I think they'd probably save some if, I think that, Rashawn is going to make twelve and a half million yeah, next year. The next two years, I think yeah. John Collins is making like twenty plus million. So maybe yeah. the Kings absorb some of that salary that kind of takes over the HB spot. Yeah, Atlanta frees up some money, but they might want more. Maybe the Kings have to, you know, expand on that deal they made right. with them uh, for that draft pick with the mm, Kemper trade. Interesting. Maybe they can that make would be some, really interesting. Some yeah. changes to those stipulations, but yeah, I think if the Kings are bringing John Collins, I'd be intrigued. Yeah, but I don't know if he's like quite the player we the Kings need. So. Yeah. I'd be interested. Um, yeah. I'd feel like, yeah, there's a good chance that they move 24. I feel like at this point, I feel if, if in my opinion, which is unsourced and pretty just gut feeling, I think that there's like a 50, 50 chance that they make the pick. I think. Especially I, if a guy like Chris Murray isn't there. I mean, they have two second round picks and an early second round. Pick I think if that. you see Chris Murray go 18, like you're saying to Miami, yeah. we, I think it immediately makes that 51, 49, or 50, 50 go to like, okay, like 65% chance they trade the pick. If there's yeah. a guy that, like, if it's Chris Murray or I, I don't know, guys that they're linked to, like, they're, they're linked to a couple guys right now just through workouts, but right. that doesn't really even mean anything sometimes. The draft, the Kings have drafted guys and other teams do too who never even worked out for you in the first place. Right. So, um, but I think that they, you know, Chris Murray is one. If they he goes for twenty four, I do think that increases the the odds yeah. that they move the pick. But yeah. um, it's exciting that it's tomorrow or a week from tomorrow. Yeah, it, it, it from honestly tomorrow. feels like the dead dead part of the offseason just kind of flew by. Yeah, or it's the first part of the dead part because we have another one from mid late Oct- right. uh, J- July until the end until of August. Until training camp, so, right? Um, anything else? Anything else in your brain? No, that's, draft. No I anecdotes. Mean, any. You can uh, tune in to live draft coverage uh, on Sacktown Sports 1140 from 6 to 9. Me and Jay Ross will be uh, hosting a live uh, draft show. So uh, for for some great live draft reaction, you can uh, tune into that. But uh, besides that, no, I don't, I don't really have much. I'm, I'm going to be filling my brain with as many prospects yes. as possible this week. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully it's, it's useful information because we're usually, like I said, at the start, at the start, like we're usually maybe covering or, or really, you know, focusing in on like four or five guys, uh, when we're at seven, but here at 24, it feels like there's, and then again at 38, it feels like there's like 10 to 15 guys that you kind of need to have on your radar. So many last year, it was the Kings of the fourth pick. 
And it was really just Ivy or Keegan. Yeah. This year is so much different. Yeah. We've gone through all these different experiences of the past couple of years, and this year it's a little different. It's kind of it's kind of nice. Like there's not as much pressure. I don't think yeah. last year there was so much pressure. Yeah. About having to make the right pick, it had to be a home run uh, pick. And so far, I mean, I mean, Keegan Murray, we'll see what his potential is. Will he be a superstar? Maybe not. But he is a very good player and has room to grow. And I uh, hope that the Kings can find another guy that can add to this mix. The Kings every. Monty McNair has been a, a good drafter. That's the most important. Yeah, game. yeah. So not really well. for second rounders, but yeah, I don't have we has Monty McNair drafted a second round? Was Nimi a second rounder? I think he did Bob Woodard and uh, Jemias. Yeah, and that was number one. Yeah, that was year one. And then nice. he did swing the Sasha trade. We don't know how he will be as an NBA talent or if he right. will be an NBA talent. Yeah. He was a second round pick. I think if he redrafted now, he'd probably be a first round pick, Sasha. Um, he's like almost 30. All right, on the way out, yeah. number 24, you looking for a single, double, triple, home run? What, do you, what are you swinging for? Give me a give me a hustle double. Ooh, I like it, give, yeah. Give me it just kind of skips by the Maybe it's a single, but yeah, just like the effort the just takes it all the way to second. And the kid has wheels and just makes it to second base. Yeah. Ooh, it's I like, like oh, it. this, this guy's got some... Got, got some, got some guts. Yeah, I like that. I want yeah. one of that. I want one of those players. Yeah, which I guess translates to like a guy who can play good defense, hit the boards, some grit. Yeah, be tough. I like it. I like it. I yeah. think that's kind of saying, you know, a kid from Indiana, maybe. Yeah, I, I just think at the very yeah at the very least you you need to hit a single. Like he's got to be a guy. He can't he yeah. can't be one of the one of the guys that we don't list on next year's pick that twenty four list. So you I know? guess Bob Woodard and Jemias would be strikeouts. Yes. Yes. You need you need a single. Yes. Yeah, you need somebody who can at least, you know, fill a role on your team. Even if it's again like a, a Terrence Davis kind of role where he's in some games, out some. Bring like, something. Yeah. Whether you're a good rebounder or a rim protector. Exactly. A skill that we can go, cool, they need this right now. Yep. We will put him in. Yep. That's the official stamp. Uh, cool. thank you all I, I for tuning in. We will be back next week uh, after the draft, probably recording on Friday uh, following the draft, uh, recapping everything that happens. If the Kings make all three picks, if they make more than three, if they make Trade none. Bradley Beal? Yeah, not who knows? It, any true? I, it, that's not happening, but just about everything else could happen uh, between now and then. So be sure to check out next uh, week. Again, we are recording on Friday uh, for Frankie Cardicelli. I am Chris Watkins. See ya.